Every time I try to be holy, holy without you, my flesh always fails. With renewed desire, now I seek you, seek you, Yeshua, you make me well. Your righteousness is my only hope of righteousness at heaven's throne. Yeshua, my bridegroom, my beloved Lord. Yeshua, I love you and I want to love you. Yeshua, Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Voice of My Beloved podcast with Brayden and Tally Waller. We are um, diving into a new subject here today. We are going to be um, going through the Song of Solomon. So uh, this is a subject that we decided to jump into in this season uh, for a couple reasons. One is that we've got Passover coming up. And so, uh, so this is actually a pertinent song for Passover. Um, this is also a, we feel like this is a really good song uh, for this season. We have um, a lot of people who are in distress. This, the world is going through a shifting right now. Uh, we've got a lot of crisis, a lot of uh, fear, uncertainty. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns right now as we look at what's happening in the world. And so um, we want to cast the vision for the bride, of the, the bridal picture, uh, because you know this is something we read about in Revelation, that there's going to be a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, uh, things that the bride is going to have to go to, and it's all a part of the preparation. And so the important thing is to hold fast to the vision that there's something big coming, something that's worth all the trials, all the refining, all of the, the fire that we have to walk through, and we, we've got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I think it's really helpful just, you know, as Tally, you're saying there, just to get a vision for where we're going. You know, through all the crisis, just realizing we're headed towards something that God actually has planned from the foundation of the world, and that is the bride made ready. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see that in the Song of Songs. We see at the end of it that the bride says, many waters cannot quench love. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's saying that all these trials, the waters represent the trials of life. They cannot quench the love of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see that in Revelation, as you've said, you know, that basically by seeing where we're going, full maturity, mm-hmm. maturity and love, it helps us go through the trials that we go through in the now. Yep. And so, yes, you know, last podcast we did was about overcoming fear. And we mentioned there that it's the perfect love of God that drives out fear, mm-hmm. it casts out fear. And so this song of all books of the Bible is a book about the love of God. Uh-huh. And we want to just unpack this over the coming weeks and look at it verse by verse and talk about how in the parable language of the Song of Solomon, it, it's speaking of the depth of God's love. And God speaks in poetry to us to help us, to help unlock our hearts. And so we're going to be getting into this. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I think even Yeshua, you know, when it's talking about him being on cross on the tree as he's dying, he said that he was able to endure because of the joy that was before him. 
right? Right. And so uh, this is something that we have to, uh, that he's calling us to as well, is to endure because of the joy that is before us. And so that's the thing that we have to, to keep our, our eyes on is uh, just keep looking forward to the big wedding day. It's going to be great. And this is, this is also really fun for us too because our anniversary actually is coming up here in just a few days. We got betrothed in January and then um, our wedding day was just a couple days before Passover uh, at family week 11 years ago. It's pretty hard to believe. Yes. Yeah. 11 years ago, six <laughs> children later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so this is really a special thing. And this has also been a really big theme in, in our marriage. It was the first book, uh, that of the Bible that we read after we got married. Uh, and it was, it was a big, a big theme. We, we wrote, we actually have melodies uh, written to most of this book, which is a project that is yet to come that we'll see when that happens. But <laughs> it's, uh, w- but we love, we love this book and it's really spoken to, to both of us quite a bit. And yeah, so, I would just add that, you know, a lot of the foundations of even the betrothed movie, the betrothed book, a lot of it mm-hmm. has this foundation in the revelation of God's love expressed through the song of songs. Mm-hmm. And so God really spoke to me. I'll get into that a little later. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier on, but yeah, just looking forward to getting back into this and uh, really meditating on it in this in this season. Yeah, so we hope to make people less scared of this book as we go into right. this. Right, <laughs> I think uh, that's kind of what we've uh, run into over the years is that people don't really like talking about this. some people don't really like talking about this book, and and we can see you know that that side of it to a certain extent. Yeah, even so. within the Jewish community, you know, they've been studying this book for centuries, uh, but some streams in the Jewish community, uh, choose not to focus in this book much until you reach marriage mm-hmm. other streams with, for example, the Sephardic Jewish people, which represents a large percentage of the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. They actually sing through this song every Saturday, every Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And so there's different approaches, even within the Jewish community, mm-hmm. uh, of just how they, how they approach it. And so I respect different approaches out there, but our main approach in this is going to be to help people help believers understand the love of Yeshua as the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And cause this is basically the song. It, it all focuses on the bridegroom's love for the bride and the bride's love for the bridegroom. Yeah. And so just understanding that to a deeper yeah. extent is what our hope is through this series. Yeah. And also I, I feel like it really tells the story of the bride too, which I think is really important for us to, to have that in our hearts, to understand the story of the bride in going through this whole process of falling in love, understanding her bridegroom more, all the, the things that, that come within that relationship of, uh, of growing close to her bridegroom. And so I think that's a big part of it as well. So, uh, so today what we're going to do is do kind of a basic overview and we might get into chapter one. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how things go. Uh, but we're basically going to yeah, just give kind of an overview of the Song of Solomon and, and what that all um, what that all looks like and what we're going to be digging into. Yes. Yeah, so to open up here, the song of Solomon in Hebrew is Shir Hashirim, which the literal translation of that would be song, the songs. Mm-hmm. So, so our song of songs. So we know that Solomon wrote a thousand and five songs. He was a pretty prolific songwriter, mm-hmm. a thousand and five songs, but this one is the best. It's the Shir Hashirim, the song of all songs. And so he wrote a thousand and five songs that this is the best one. 
And so just to have that in mind, it's the ultimate song. And you also have in scripture where it has the king of kings. You know, the, the scriptures will say, Melech Hamlachim, which is translated in English, the king of kings, or Adon HaAdonim, Lord of lords, or Kadosh HaKadoshim, uh, Holy of Holies. And so this is a reoccurring thing in scripture where when, you, when it's said that way, you know, it's like the highest. The king of kings is like the king of all kings, the Lord of lords, the Lord of all lords, the Holy of Holies is the most holy place. So the Song of Songs is the song of all songs. It's the mm-hmm. highest song. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's the highest song because it's a song of love. And God's love is, you know, he is love. Love is the greatest. You know, we have 1 Corinthians 13, love is the greatest. This song about love is the heart of God. It's, mm-hmm. it's the very heartbeat of God. Yeah, I've even heard it um, that there's even a relationship there that... Um, kind of compares the song of Solomon, the song of songs to the Holy of Holies. Just like that's how like big, like how deep it is. Like, it's like you go deeper and deeper into the temple, into the outer, you know, from the outer courts into the, and you, you get to the Holy of Holies. That's like the heart. That's like, whoa, this is it, you know, the presence of God. And so the song of songs is kind of described in that way as well, that this is like intimacy with God. This is one-on-one this is me and you, you know, no one else. Cause you know, with the, the Holy of Holies, there was only the priest, you know, that could go in and it was this one-on-one, uh, in the presence of God. And so I think that's, that's what the song of songs is about is, is about, uh, experiencing an intimacy with God and intimacy with, with the presence of God in a very, very holy way. Yeah. And the Jewish thought, the three books that Solomon wrote, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, Song of Songs, are seen in context of that, like what Tally's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Proverbs would have been in relation to the outer court. You know, just the way that we uh, direct our, our just our affairs, our uh, our human affairs, mm-hmm. the way we, we uh, how you to know, walk wisely. how do we how walk wisely, business, uh, family, this kind of things. Uh, so mm-hmm. Proverbs gives us a lot of wisdom on just how to relate to our neighbors. You know, the, our outside world. And so then Ecclesiastes in the Jewish thought actually relates to the inner court, which is meant to awaken a desire within us to go into the most holy place. Mm -hmm. Because Ecclesiastes, you read that, you can be kind of depressed. You can be like, Mm -hmm. oh man, what's, what's the point of living? You know, Mm -hmm. Solomon, but really Ecclesiastes is pointing out the what's the word the, the vanity the, yeah the, the word that's repeated over and over against ecclesiastes is vanity it's just pointing out the vanity of life apart from love of god apart mm-hmm. from the intimacy with god so it kind of wants to create this tension in the in the inner court to go all the way mm-hmm. in pursuit of god mm-hmm. to come all the way into his presence because uh, you get done reading ecclesiastes you go okay what's this all about? Right, you know? right. But then it leads you on to song of songs, which is the heartbeat. When you're in the Holy of Holies, yeah. then life makes sense. Yeah. Your heartbeat is, uh, is for God. And you, and you all of a sudden realize this is why I'm alive. This right. is what I exist for is to commune with God, to be uh, one that walks with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those three books, they they parallel. And that's just a, a Jewish understanding yeah, uh, those three you, different books. You can see that too, because you look at Proverbs and everything seems very like logical, kind of like if you do this, then this happens, you know, this kind of a thing. And it seems like, well, if I just follow these rules in relationships, in my affairs, in my ruling, whatever it is, then things, I should be blessed. You know, I should 
be able to walk in the blessing all the time, you know? And so it's kind of this, um, uh, this, like the outer courts, like I'm thinking like everything's very logical and stuff like that. And then you get to the inner courts where it's like, things don't always work out the way that you expected them, you know, relationships don't always, you know, and then you've got Ecclesiastes, you know, where you've got, you run into this kind of, uh, dilemma it's angst a little bit yeah yeah because you're like okay I'm doing everything I was supposed to do you know like things should be working out for me <laughs> like things and, should I mean, be and, and the American dream even I mean Ecclesiastes yeah. talks about the American dream you've got everything you want there's nothing lacking but still it's all vanity you know like uh-huh. what's the use you know? right exactly and so yeah you so you run into this like dilemma of okay this isn't it and that's what yeah, draws us into the Holy of Holies, into, you know, pursuing, understanding the heart of God. And that is what, that's what he's calling us to. That's what he's calling to us to as the bride, as a bride that's getting closer and closer to a wedding. This is something that, that we need to really grab a hold of as we get closer to the wedding. Yes. So as we mentioned earlier, this song is traditionally sung during Passover. So there's certain books of the Bible that are read throughout the year, you know, in connection with certain feasts. Uh, certain of, of God's feasts throughout the year. And so Song of Solomon is connected to Passover. And as we mentioned as well, you know, this is the time that Yeshua expressed his love for us. You know, he laid down his life. He became the Passover lamb. You know, it says in John, it says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And so this song is talking about that kind of love, that depth of love that he has. And so we're going to get into that, but it's, you know, it's this sacrificial love that he has for his bride. Mm-hmm. that he lays down his life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so question, why study this song? Uh, as I mentioned, it reveals the depth of God's perfect love. It's a poetry, you know, in poetry, it's, it kind of goes beyond, as we mentioned with Proverbs, just like facts, like this equals this, this equals this, this equals this. It's more of, it's aiming for the emotions. You know, poetry is not something you go to to study math or science. It, it's speaking more to the emotions. If I want to communicate to the depth of Tally's heart, <laughs> I write her a poem. You know, I don't, I don't give her a math equation. You know, I, <laughs> I, I write her a poem. And so this is, you know, in this poetry, this poetry of the song of songs that the purpose of God's heart is to unlock us, uh, to really cause us to come to him with a open heart yeah. to receive. And so it, it's, it's this, the, the, the brilliance of God, you could say, is that he gives us a poem he gives us this poetic mm-hmm. uh, reenactment, in a way, mm-hmm. of this human human story mm-hmm. to help us understand His love for us. Yeah. He speaks to us through human language. You know, He says, "Marriage." He creates marriage, and it says, "The way that a husband loves his wife, if he's loving her the way he's supposed to, mm-hmm. uh, that's the way I love my people." Mm-hmm. And so, the Song of Songs unpacks that. He unpacks this this ravish love that this bridegroom has mm-hmm. for the Shulamite. Mm-hmm. And, and it says, that's the way I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's, it's in that level of extravagance that I love you. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you get into the song of songs, you know, it's not uncommon in the body of Messiah for people to go around feeling condemned, like they don't measure up. And so this song is a great song to study and to really, I, I encourage you more than study to actually engage with. Mm-hmm. to actually allow some of the language of the Song of Songs to get into your prayer life. Mm-hmm. And as we go through this, I want it to be more than just a mental study, just you know, just get learning the, the truths of the Song of Songs, but actually to engage with it, mm-hmm. to say, oh, I want to enter into that place of intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. I want to really walk with him in this close way, like a bride 
in love with her bridegroom. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the heart behind this whole song. Yeah. And I think it too, it shows like the emotional uh, capacity of God as well, you know, cause you've got, um, it, it, God created us to be emotional and to respond emotionally. And I think that in, you know, you write a song for someone that's an emotional outpouring, you know, like when you write a poetry, when you write poetry or something, you know, is this is an emotional outflow of the heart. This isn't just a, I'm supposed to love you and, you know, just be confident in my love. And, you know, this is like an emotional uh, draw that he has towards us and he's desiring that same emotional uh, draw. Uh, from us as well. And so it's, uh, it's, it's really beautiful. And I, and I do have to say like with, you know, when Brayden and I were working on this song, as far as uh, putting melody and stuff to it, it, it was a really impactful season for me, really, uh, as, as singing through the, 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 uh, the words of, of these, uh, of this book, it was really impactful for me. And so um, I think that, I think that's a part of it, you know, just, just recognizing that, that this is an emotional, you know, let's approach this as an emotional, you know, a, this is something that we want to understand the heart of it, you know, and not, you know, like Brayden said, just not, not being all brainy about it and just learning the facts about it, (laughs) you know, but, but understanding the, the emotional capacity there. Yes. And I believe understanding also that, you know, the song, if you, when you begin to study it, you realize that the first four chapters are primarily focused on what we receive from God, what we receive from the sacrifice of Yeshua. It talks mm-hmm. about the bride, you know, just sitting down under the apple tree, receiving mm-hmm. from God, not really doing anything. You know, she's not having, she's just sitting down, she's sitting down, but she receives the love of God. And then later on, interesting, it comments on that later on in the song. It says, it was under the apple tree that I awakened you. It was in that place where you weren't, you know, striving. Mm-hmm. You were just, you just sat down and received from me. Mm-hmm. That's where I awakened you. So there's a place of spiritual awakening that happens when we just receive from God. Mm-hmm. And so the first four chapters of the eight chapters of Song of Songs primarily focuses on what we receive. And that's a beautiful thing. We don't want to get stuck there though. We don't want to just, you know, have just a taking relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So it brings us on into maturity, into that, second half, which is what he gets from us. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one way receiving. He actually receives something from us. He receives worship. Mm-hmm. He receives love. And so it's this two way thing. But the first, if you know, if you try to go into the second half without establishing the first half, mm-hmm. then your heart gets just kind of withers up. You know, you, you think, okay, well, God, you know, why does, why do I have to serve God? You know, what, what's the point of it? What, why you am know, I doing all this? Why am I making such sacrifices? Mm-hmm. But when you, when you're grounded in the first four chapters, when you're grounded in the reality that he has given so much to you, mm-hmm. then it only makes sense that the next four chapters only make sense. The last four chapters totally makes sense. Okay. Well, that's what I want to do. I want to give my all for God. You know, it's like that song says, this is no sacrifice. Here's my life. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you want to give it all once you're grounded in the first four chapters of realizing how much he's done for you. So mm-hmm. that's uh, just a, uh, it's, it's just a point to realize as we're studying it is that yes, it's about the emotions. We want to experience the emotional love that God has for us. And then as we do, we respond with the emotion of love back to him. Right. So uh, going on here, uh, love and purity. Now this is uh, the heart of what we 
what our ministry is, is, is about. We want to see people grow in love and we want to see people embrace a lifestyle of purity. And so I believe they're, they're directly related, you know, as, as we grow in love for God, then living a pure lifestyle, as I mentioned, is, it's like a no sacrifice. It's like, I see all that God's done for me, the way that he loves me. I want to live pure and holy for him. Mm -hmm. And so just, you know, understanding that, you know, purity is sometimes approached like, okay, you just got to, um, clench your teeth and do it. You know, Mm -hmm. don't, you know, don't partake of all the fun the world's having because you got to be pure. No, it's, Mm -hmm. I love God so much. He's shown me, he has just ravished my heart with his love that I want to live for him. I want to live a set apart life for him. He has won my heart really Mm -hmm. more of an emotional response at at that level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also, Un, uh, what's unwavering because you're grounded in the love of God instead of in, you know, what people around you are doing or what other people are, or think or what, you know, it, it's not as connected to this, um, the relationships, these human relationships. When, when we decide to walk in purity, that's when, that's when we know we're in it for the long haul is when we know we're doing it out of a overflowing heart that we love our bridegroom. And that's the, that's the, the point. That's the point of, of walking in this way is because we understand his love for us, what he's given us. And we want to give back to him and be and walk pleasing uh, to him as well. Yes. I believe this song really strengthens us in the pursuit of the first commandment. You know, God said there's one commandment that is the first it's the highest of all. It's to mm-hmm. love God. Mm-hmm. And it, it, Yeshua, I love it. He says, this is the first and great commandment. He, he actually he puts both of those. It's the first one and it's also the great one. It's like, wow, it's a great commandment because God invites us to have a love relationship with him. It sets Mm -hmm. us apart from Islam. Mm -hmm. Islam, you know, that's not the point is to have a loving relationship with God, Mm -hmm. but God, it's a great commandment because it's, 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 it's all inspiring that God desires that that would be the first thing that we give ourselves to. God's not so much interested in as far as priority goes and what we can get done. Mm-hmm. He is interested in us serving and getting things done, but it's not his first priority. Mm-hmm. His first priority is love me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you live a lifestyle of loving him first, mm-hmm. then it helps you to actually serve your community, serve others. But yeah, this, this song is about getting that priority straight of love God first. And then everything else flows out of that. Mm-hmm. Even the second commandment. <laughs> yes. Loving others. <laughs> yes. So just a few more points as we, are trying to just give a basic overview. Historically, this is the second most popular book to write commentary on. You know, as people over the years have written commentaries on the Bible, Song of Solomon has taken second place only to the book of Romans. So this is a, a very much studied book over the, over church history mm-hmm. and also the Jewish people's history. This is a very much studied book and uh, it deserves a place in our, our attention as well. Mm-hmm. And I just want to mention as we, get going on this series, a lot of what I've learned on the Song of Solomon has actually come from Mike Bickle. And I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with his ministry, but he started studying it back in the 80s and really gave himself, he basically acquired every commentary he could get his hands on, just began to study it in a very intense way. And so I've gleaned a lot from his studies and I really appreciate the time that he's put into it. And I just want to share a dream that I actually had. This has been when I was about uh, 1920, I'm thinking, but uh, I was just beginning to study the Song of Songs, and God was really awakening my heart to the depth of his love. And I had this dream of Mike Bickle and I were walking over it, what looked like just this warehouse type of building, a lot of stuff, but it basically had just been upended. 
just totally destroyed. Uh, it, it, what it spoke to me was civilization, just the world as we knew it had basically just been just, uh, yeah, just frayed out, like just totally turned upside down. But Mike Bickle and I were walking over the top of this and that was just, just really short. It was just a short little dream. And then right after that, I saw a clock and it was turning towards midnight. And what it spoke to me is that the revelation that God has given Mike Bickle about the Song of Songs, you know, having the first commandment be, you know, restoring that first commandment to a first place position is what's going to help the people of God walk through the coming days. We don't know exactly, you know, how things are going to look even for this next year. We don't know exactly how it's all going to play out, but getting grounded in love is going to help us to overcome the trials that are ahead. Mm -hmm. And so it spoke to me that, yes, we're going to walk through it as the believers in the body and it is preparing us for the last hour for that mid that clock striking midnight Mm -hmm. when the bridegroom comes. And so our prayers, we go through this study is to encourage you, you know, we, there's a lot of studies you can, you know, I, I encourage you to study it from other people as well, but our hearts are just to encourage you out there that have been listening, uh, that you'll, you'll be strengthened in love as you, as you, uh, listen to this, podcast about the song of songs. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, my own life was greatly strengthened. Uh, I can remember just, you know, the, the appeal of the world just kind of lessening on me, the, the temptations of the world. Like there's just so many temptations that bombard young people in our society today. But I can remember as I studied the song of songs and just started really opening my, opening my heart to the extravagant love of God, those temptations really begin to wane. It just really started losing a grip on me. And I begin to desire from just the inmost part of my being to live for God. And uh, so love has a very powerful awakening factor to it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you love someone emotionally and, you know, emotions can wane, you know, we don't want to say this is all based on emotion, but when that emotional factor is in place, when you actually feel love Mm -hmm. for God, which I believe is something that can be cultivated, Mm -hmm. when you feel love for God, then it, it helps you emote because the, the tug of the world is an emotional pull. Mm-hmm. It's trying to pull on your emotions. But when you already have that emotional anchor mm-hmm. in God's love, then you're much less prone to want what the world has to offer. Right. Especially when you realize how much superior the love that God offers you is. Mm-hmm. Once you're convinced deep inside your heart that what God has to offer is so much better than anything the world gives, then you're, you're just basically... Uh, you're, you're, you're much more, you're much more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sounded. Uh, you're much more grounded. You're, you're almost like an impregnable fortress, you know, like you're, <laughs> you've got, you've got this fortress that, you know, the righteous run into the fortress of, of God, the name of God there and they're mm-hmm. safe. And so that's where we want to be found is in these trying times of, you know, so much going on, we want to be found in that fortress mm-hmm. uh, you know, not just, you know, uh, venturing out and getting, you know, caught up in, in the temptations of the enemy, but being grounded in love and yeah. strong in that. Yeah, it's a, it's a maturing of love. And I can say that even in uh, Braden and I's relationship, you know, at this point, 11 years into it, um, there's a lot of emotions that happen when you first get married. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's, it's a, it's a very emotional time, uh, but there's a beauty to the maturing of love. And so I think that, you know, now 11 years 
of marriage, there's a maturity of love that is very stable. It's very grounded it, it, and it grows stronger each day. You know, each day we continue to be faithful and to love each other and to um, lay down our lives for each other. There's a maturity that comes to, to that love. And so it's, you know, it's, it's very similar in our relationship with God. Yes, there's, there are emotional ups and downs, um, and, and I would say, you know, in Brayden and I's relationships, it's, it, it's, it's not like we um, aren't emotional with each other anymore. <laughs> like we have, we still have those, uh, we're very, you know, very much, it's still a very emotional a relationship that we have, but there's a groundedness to it. Uh, and that's the maturity of love. And that's what we want to that's what we want to pursue in our relationship with God, that it's, it's, it is emotional. We, we have, you know, we are emotionally affected by this relationship, but it's, it's grounded. It's a, it's a mature love that it's unwavering, even, um, even as the emotions, uh, you know, can, can wane, wane at times. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So in closing, just to point that out, the song of songs has been interpreted as a, as a, you know, the human relationship of marriage, romance, and that is more of a recent development within the body of Messiah. So the primary way that it's been interpreted throughout the centuries is God's love for his people, both Jewish and Christian. Mm-hmm. So up until about the 1900s, uh, that's the primary way it was interpreted. After that, people began to interpret it more on just the human, you know, husband and wife relationship, which I believe that has an application uh, but what we're primarily going to be focusing on in this series is God's love for his people, mm-hmm. uh, because believe that's so powerful to just wrap our hearts around is that he loves us so deeply and that the marriage relationship is a picture of that for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, just as we study the poetry of this, we're going to be primarily focusing on God's passionate love for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're excited and uh, we'll, we'll go for now and we'll pick up next week. This is Brayden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He is coming quickly. 